Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at bluenile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. G'day, welcome to Better Than Yesterday. I'm Osher Ginsberg, and this is Better Make It Quick. It's the Wednesday, ver- Wednesday version of Wednesday. I work with someone called Wendy. She's lovely. This is the Wednesday version where Bree, one of my producers, goes back in time and goes, this episode, yeah, let's crack this one out again. And... She finds some really cool bits of the show and goes, get, get people to scroll back and listen to the whole show. I'll, I'll play them these parts. Great, Brie. Let's do it. If you've never listened to the show before, I'm Osher Ginsberg. This show's called Better Than Yesterday. I'm a podcast and TV host, uh, author, dad, stepdad, hip renovation enthusiast, and uh, I'm here three times a week. Been here since 2013, and you know, there's so many episodes to listen to. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of interviews. So I love when Bree finds, because we're listening to Bree's favorites, essentially, which is great, and this one's no exception. So I'll ask you this. Have you ever shopped at Shopo? Yeah? Well, today, the founder and the CEO of the online shopping juggernaut Shopo is on the show. This is in 2016. This is the first time uh, that Jane joined me on the show. Jane Lou's story is phenomenal, and I, I love, love this story because it's not only it is unique, but at the same time, she has a pretty common Australian origin story. Her parents moved to Australia from China when she was eight, and as is pretty commonplace, her educated parents left their well-paying roles in China to come to Australia where their job experience did not carry over. So I wanted to know how did her folks deal with moving to Australia and their professional qualifications not being recognised? I think it was just, they just, they're very like, okay, we've got this goal of our our kids' um, education and brighter future in mind and just keep that, like they just use that to motivate them. So they would, I remember they, they were telling me they're at the warehouse and they're packaging and they're like, okay, so that's like Jane's lunch for the week. Okay, that is oh, right. after school care. Okay, this is rent. Like we're just, they're just like using what they're Reframing paying. Reframing. Yeah, the, to just, the, just to give it context. Like wow. it's not mean, demeaning what they're doing. This is paying for this. This is paying for that. And that got them through it. Wow. Um, Were yeah. they eventually able to find a path more aligned to their training? Yeah, my mum went back. She's now working. She she's not working anymore, but she was working for the bank of 
ICBC, Industrial Commercial Bank of China, which is where she used to work in China. And then my dad's working for a small engineering company that's very, um, they're like a little family. It's a small business. So they've treated him really well. So it's it's worked out quite well. Yeah. Yeah. What can you uh, help? people listening understand about the expectations placed upon the single kid oh (laughs) my god particularly of parents who've given up everything yeah so my parents are like so liberal for asian parents like they used to their friends uh, before i go into it like their friends used to tell them that you you're letting your child run wild and free you're crazy like you're letting her go out you're letting her drink you're letting her have boyfriends like this is going to come and bite you in the ass. And they were just like, you're letting her just travel. And then, um, so one of her friends, for example, her daughter um, didn't get into a selective school in year six for year seven. um, And she made her repeat year six. Far out. Like imagine in your adolescence, when you're 12, having to stay back, all your friends are off to high school. You stay back a year just for that one selective school exam. Like that's just, Wow. terrible parenting. Like who thought, you know, and just people were just not allowed to like have sleepovers and like. um, So you didn't have any of that? No, I did. Oh, that's cool. Or I just like, I lied a lot. I just did it. Um, We used to live. So when we moved out of Balmain, we moved out West to buy a house to kind of accumulate a bit more wealth. Um, So we can, and also have a house. Um, But my, I would just say it girlfriend's houses a lot because I'm they my parents would let me go to the parties which is already unheard of for a lot of um Asian families and then I just go and stay with my boyfriend so <laughs> how old were you like oh no like 15 16 <laughs> that's three years away Jane yeah <laughs> I think you just gotta like have have open communications not I guess not too much but you you want them to be able to confide okay. in you okay so your parents don't know that you're going to go stay with your boyfriend. No. Are they able to talk to you at all about sex or safe sex? Where did you learn all that? Oh, school, friends. Yeah, yeah okay. TV. No idea. They used to, they, they try to, they, last time I asked them, I would have been like 12, 12 or 13. And they told me, cause I was like, why do I look like, I look so much like my dad, but I came out of you. And she's like, oh, you know, when you sleep in the bed with someone long enough, that's what happens. And that's what I believed. Crikey. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it's because, no, you know, you hear horror stories about parents that don't talk to their kids yeah. and refuse to speak to their kids about it. And then 15, boom, pregnant. Yeah. And then they're so religiously conservative. They're like, well, clearly you're going to have the baby now. Yeah. It's like, well, then what are you going to do? Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, my, my views are my views. And, you know, I, you know, my firsthand experience shapes those views. Yeah. However, I think the you know the idea of not speaking to your kids about it at all, or talking to them about contraception, or although you are the person to turn to for like that they can trust to speak to about it. Well, yeah, you yeah. want them to at least kind of know what their value is and know what, especially now. I mean, what did I read the other day? That girls as young as thirteen are feeling so much pressure mm, to return yeah. pics of their boobs. At least you're a cool dad. My my dad's not cool, so <laughs> I'm not a dad. I'm not a dad. I'm yeah. trying to be a stepdad. I'm still about a year, <laughs> about nine months till we get married. Yeah, so okay, I'm exciting. still mum's fiance. Yeah. at this point, I don't know. You know, I just. Cool father figure. I just see <laughs> so much pressure upon kids just a little bit older than her to be so hypersexualized. Oh my god, yeah. And it freaks me out. Yeah. And I don't know how I can equip her to deal with say there's a boy who's a few years older that she's really, really into and then three texts into it, she gets a dick pic. Yeah. 
<laughs> what's she supposed to do? You know? Because yeah. as far as he's concerned, that's what everybody talks about. That's yeah. the thing you're supposed to do. Yeah. Oh, that blows my mind how, how that's happening at yeah. such a young age yeah. and, like, the things, yeah, the things that they're exposed to. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. So even, even the fact that you were... You, I mean, obviously, clearly your, your subterfuge must have got fairly skilled if you were able to stay over at boyfriend's houses. Yeah, I... Um, what was your trick? My parents... No, my parents are so trusting. So, like, even... They just... Um, like, I used to... And I used to... I, like, I used to be able to convince them to let me drink because I was, like, when I was 18, because I was, like, next, next year I'm going to go work at KPMG. And there's, you know, in Australia there's a big drinking culture. Now, I don't want to be that person who has one drink and passes out in front of her bosses, so you should just let me practice. And then I got away with that so they could let me drink. The corporate world can be intense and if it is a world that you don't want to be a part of, it can, as is well documented, can be soul-destroying. So I wanted to know from Jade, did she remember the day that she thought, that's it, I can't do this anymore. This is not what I want. I actually do very, very vividly. So I just, um, after two and a half years. Because um, I'm fascinated with people who quit. I've quit a bunch of stuff. You just did it. Yeah, I've yeah, quit yeah. a bunch of stuff. Are I've you a good a... quitter? Are you like a dramatic, like, I'm out of here. That's how no, I, do it. <laughs> I just realised that the amount of energy I'm spending trying to keep myself sane yeah. in a particular space is more than I would be expending if I wasn't in that space. Yeah. And that's worth more to me than cash. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's great. And I just think so many people don't realize that. That's actually really good. It's, yeah. If you've got to work every day, so you don't go nuts. Yeah. To just go do your job, you may want to think about exactly. where you're yeah, working. Yeah, so yeah. You, what, you, you, what, you did you catch a train into work? What Do you remember what you was going on that day? Were you sitting there on a train going, this is it, I can't do it? I was um, behind my laptop and then I um, looked at my phone and I was like, wow, it's been three hours. And I was like, all that, I'm literally three hours more dead. I'm actually three hours more dead than I was. And all I've done that time is I've removed the circular referencing from this spreadsheet. What's that? It's like when one cell talks to another, but it's, it's, it's kind of like contradicts each other. And then one cell relies on another. It means the whole spreadsheet kind of has a breakdown and you fix it and it all flows. And who gives a shit, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm three hours more dead. Yeah. And I've just removed the and circular for what? Exactly. And so I was like, wow, I can't, I can't do this. I can't just like, I was like, I'm going to go get a, and I normally, I, all I look forward to is having a subway at lunch and then at night having a drink with friends. And it's just like, that's sad. I, I didn't want to do it. So I just quit. And I had a side business at the time, which is a really stupid side business, but I kind of used that as an excuse. I was like, yes, I'm going to quit that to follow my dreams. But what was the side business? We ran like pop-up stores, you know, fringe bar markets, it's kind of like um, we ran these pop-up stores inside the art house in, this, in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And then we actually had a place um, on in Campbell Parade um, in Bondi, this bar that we just converted into a market over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then we stocked emerging design labels. But it's okay. like it's not, it's not a good idea. Like it's not scalable. It was like far from profitable as well. Um, but it kind of like – and it was such a stupid decision to, act, to have quit my job for that. But now that was like – the biggest like life changer and it was really great that it happened my um so I quit my job we've been doing that business for six months with um business partners hang on a second don't when you start when you're don't you have to commit to a cadetship 
Yeah, I um, I did have a connection with KPMG, which I broke to work at EY. They gave me this $18,000 allowance, which I broke Ernst and had and to Young, pay back. which is the building next door to where I work at the radio station. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I quit that. And then so I had to pay back $18,000. And so meanwhile, my mom, my parents are on very low income. I'm there borrowing like $10,000 for that first business, borrowing $18,000, not borrowing, they just gave it to me, um, to pay back KPMG, which is like, and then I had to, I had travel debts and they just like pretty much gave me all of their disposable income, which I've just, then my business partner decided she didn't want to do it anymore. Um, within the first month of me quitting my job, she's been secretly like job hunting. Oh. Um, so all of a sudden I was there. Um, and then, so I'm stressed out about the fact that how my parents can pay for their mortgage because I've wasted all of their money and now it's in the middle of the GFC so I can't get another job um then I walked out of I left EY in such a like a so long suckers the kind of way glory, yeah. yeah so I couldn't go asking asking for that back and so no job no business um no money and that's why the only other option was to start another business yeah how did your parents take you quitting I didn't tell them <laughs> I couldn't tell them <laughs> you, you, hang on. Okay, wait a second. So you somehow got them to help you out of this financial situation because yeah. these people have committed you to committed to you for a cadetship, and there is a, a penalty if yeah. you leave the cadetship early. Mm. You somehow convinced your parents to help you out with that. Yeah. And then in the middle of that, you go, "All right, I'm going to leave. I'm going to do this pop up shop. It's going to be great. I'm going to be Subi 2.0. It's going to be brilliant." And then it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? How did, what, how did, you, were you living with them? Yes. That made it so much worse. So I just pretended to go to work every day to EY, to Ernst & Young. So I would put on a suit. I would get up early and there's nothing worse than having to get up early than being unemployed and having to get up early anyway. Get up early, put on a suit. Bye, um, mom. Bye, dad. Yeah, no, have breakfast with them and talk about, you know. And then my mom sometimes tries to get the bus with me because we used to do that. So get the bus into the city with my mom. I'm carrying around the empty laptop bag. And then, like, just, like, kind of wander the streets, go back, go to the state library, try and go to, like, a cafe or something. And then even when I come home, I have to come home after them. So I had to, like, even if I was to go home during the day, I still have to step out and then come back. It was terrible. Far out. So... How did you, how did you, did you know what you wanted to do? Um, I managed it within one, so I got a job as a receptionist at the laser hair removal clinic in the meantime. And it's just, it was so demeaning to have worked in, you know, a big four accounting firm in corporate finance, working on like multi-million dollar deals, which I didn't really understand or have any interest in, but still. There's great coffee, then, yeah, everyone's exactly. dressed well. Friday night drinks, yeah. suit, and then working at a laser hair removal clinic, and the bitch of a woman <laughs> used to make me vacuum and tell me, all, point out all the spots I've missed, and then I remember the worst moment. I'm in a business suit, goddammit! Yeah. <laughs> how dare you? I don't have a tongue ring. <laughs> um, and then this woman, I was like working behind um, the reception, as a receptionist. And this girl comes in, she's like, oh, Jane, um, we went to school together. And so, you know, if you go to selective school, everyone gets a proper job and blah, blah, blah. 
And she's like, oh, what are you doing here? And I never lie. I should have just said, I'm just, this is my part-time job. I'm still studying or whatever. Like, or I'm just, no, still lying. But still, I, I told her, I'm just filling in for a friend, which is the worst lie because five weeks later when she comes back for her appointment, I'm still there and had nothing to say. And her judgmental Asian mom was there and she must have like, as soon as they left the front desk, would have been like, don't turn up, don't turn out like her. You know, like you, I, you had that judgmental look. Is it like the Fijian Telegraph with Audrey's folks? Like did the judgmental agent mum find a way to tell your mum? No, did, thank you, God. Wow. No, no, no. <laughs> wow. Thank so God. so you, did, you did get some income so you were yeah. able to, you know, eat. Yeah. Um, and but, then I – But what kept, what kept you going? What, like it sounds like you were on this just absolute foot to the floor – V12, just let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. This isn't for me. I'm jumping off, but I don't know where to. Yeah. That would Um, have been very difficult to keep your head above water. Did you question what the hell you were doing? Oh, I was – yeah, oh, I I don't know how I got through it. It was the most depressing time of my life. And then funnily enough, I was introduced to another girl by this Asian guy that my parents tried to set me up with. From before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're not – like we have nothing in common. Just stayed in touch out of like courtesy – um, not in a romantic way at all. Anyway, he introduced me to this other girl who also wanted to start a business. And so we did it. We started, we opened an online store. We, in three months, opened a bricks and mortar store in Broadway, which just like barely broke even. But still, like that gave me um, a place to go to during yeah. the day and um, hope. And that was Shopo, but that Shopo only at the time. My goodness, can you imagine doing that? living with your parents who gave up their careers so their kids could have better lives and pretending to go to work during the day, every day, while starting your own business. Amazing story. It gets even more interesting. (laughs) We'll hear how Shopo became what it is today after these ads. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Jane Lou jokes, calls herself the lazy CEO on social media, but come on. <laughs> she started the now super successful Shopo completely by herself. She started the business with a credit card paying 18% interest, uh, like a 90s home loan, and she was absolutely flying by the seat of her pants. So I wanted to know, at what point did she think, oh, this might actually work? I actually bought out my business. So the business... Did kind of well and it started declining. With my business partner, the most we made a month is $22,000, but towards the end, it was like, 
it was December and it was $5,000 a month. Like December's meant to be your busiest trade, right? Because it's Christmas, party dresses. We did $5,000, which is like about two orders a day. So she wanted to get out and she, um, so we did. We amicably went our own ways. I bought the business out for $20,000 cash. I just gave her a wad of cash. And then um, come January 3rd, 2012, the business is all mine. And then from that moment on, I just like hustled. And I didn't do, it wasn't one thing in particular, but I just started doing everything. Just like decisions got made quicker. I did things my way. And um, so the next month we did $9,000 and then we did 41 and then 71. Jesus, in three months. 150. Yeah, we just kept doubling month on month. Holy moly. And at this point, I think we had an 80, for the $71,000 a month, I was doing everything by myself, packing the orders, um, taking the photos, buying the stocks, just marketing, customer service. And I remember I was like, so every day, it's like it, you're just constantly writing out orders. Because um, I used to write thank you, personal handwritten thank you notes. And I get to the post box and the post box, I fill it up and it's full. So I have to speed to the next suburb, to the, that post box, fill that up. That was full. And I was like, screw it, I'm going to wait for the postman. And I think that was the moment I was like, shit, I'm onto something. This is gonna. This, this could actually work. You're this, waiting for the van, the pickup van, so you just want to put it all in there yeah. rather than shoving it down in the post box. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so that was the big aha, first big aha moment, I think. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm, I'm thrilled. Now, uh, you're a very busy woman. I, I was supposed to have you for an hour. It's coming up on 20 past 12. Where do you have to be where? Oh, no, I'm... It's cool. Are you sure? I'm the boss. I don't wanna, <laughs> but I don't want to keep you. No, I don't, no, I don't, it's okay. fine. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you very, very much. Because um, I'd love to talk to you about another 15 minutes. Yeah, that, sure. If, go if for that's it. okay. Okay. So, so what I'm getting is that you have equated enormous, complete, like scalable financial success to I'm Jane. I'm in control of every decision. At what point do you go, I'm going to have to relinquish some of these decisions because yeah. I'm running out of bandwidth? How hard was that? Who did you choose? So it was, I was so um, like reluctant to let go and not just because of control, that's a big part of it, but I was just so stingy because I was so povo for so long in the lead up to this, you know. It's the best word. <laughs> for people listening overseas, povo is poverty. Yeah. I, I was in such poverty. It's like, such poverty. You know, are you, oh, you're going overseas up the front. No, povo, I'm in economy class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you seen that YouTube video of the two guys explaining all the, like, povo, avo? Yeah, just half the word you think it is with an O or an E sound at the end of it. Yeah, Australia. Yeah, you swing by the servo for the Barbie the servo? Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> my mom just doesn't understand Australians yeah. sometimes. Yeah, but um, yeah. so was my mom. Yeah, yeah so, the first employee. So I remember minimum wage was five seventy when I worked at McDonald's. So I was expecting that. Like that's that's just what I was had in my mind. Minimum wage is like twenty over twenty dollars. So I was like, wow, I'm not gonna pay someone twenty dollars because my effective pay at KPMG was like $10 an hour as well. So like, I'm not gonna pay someone 20, like $23 an hour to do work that I can do much better. And then I'm gonna have to take time to explain it to them, which I just didn't even have. So I just kept pushing it off, putting it off for so long. And the thing that made me actually hire my first staff was that a few months ago, when I still had my business partner and business wasn't doing well, I um, booked this trip to Miami for Ultra Music Festival with a bunch of friends. And so I already committed, already paid, and the festival came around and I was 
seriously considering staying back and just focusing on the business. And then I got peer pressured to just come on the trip and hire someone, which I did. And it actually was such a big move because it started, it moved the business from a small one man operation to being a company that had, you know, systems and had room for growth. And I was able to start actually working on the business rather than getting into this cycle of being trapped and just working in the business. Thank you, dance music. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I stood there with my glow stick on South Beach and yeah. I went, you know what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Dad, raving to Skrillex was a big life-changing moment. <laughs> At what point did you tell your parents the real story? So I told them two years later. Shut up. Yeah, I was just, I was playing it really safe. I wanted to get it to a point where I knew I wasn't going to go bankrupt. It was a moment when I was like, okay, worst case scenario, I've got enough stock there to sell to like, even if I had to liquidate to like get me, keep me going for a few years. So I took them up to Centerpoint Tower because it was very like, you know, I thought it was a big, a good grand gesture to the restaurant. And then I told them I quit my job in July and they thought I meant July the year before, but I was like, no, 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 no. It's July two years ago. And they just, they just didn't believe it. They were like, how did you have the balls to do that? How did you lie for that long? How did you, um, like, how, how did you do it? Because we haven't ever taught that to you. It's just not in, like, because they're not entrepreneurial at all. And they were like, we don't take risks. How did you have the balls to take risks like that? And I told them, like, they they immigrated from Australia, like, from China. They, like, F left everything they knew to a country where they didn't speak the language. Still don't. <laughs> and um, they just gave up everything they knew and took the, a much bigger risk. And I think it's much harder to take risks when you have a kid as well um so you know they you know were they mad I, no they were so yeah they just they were just shocked and in, in awe and you know by this point i bought them a car oh, so there you go yeah look at the shiny thing yeah it's lovely yeah some addresses paid for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they recognize brands like, ah, oh, BMW. Okay. <laughs> no, it was the cheap. It's the, no, it's the cheapest BMW. It was like a 50000 like. Shh, still a BMW. $50,000 still my, a lot of money, Jane. No, but I know. But my dad was too scared to, he didn't, he's really nervous. He didn't want to drive it into work because he didn't, I don't know. He didn't want his like colleagues and work bosses to know. But I'm like, you can actually afford that car on your own salary. <laughs> like, why would you? He would drive the old car into work. He's, he doesn't anymore. Wow. We convinced him to. Wow. Uh. What an incredible story. Jane actually did a really great video about her journey. You can find it on her Instagram. It's called The Lazy CEO. But also, if you want to hear the full episode, well worth it. Uh, scroll back and listen to the full episode with Jane uh, right here on this podcast feed. She's been on the show a couple of times. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Thanks for listening. I'm so grateful to Brie for producing this show and picking out her favorites. I love every Wednesday when I get to hear what she uh, thinks are, are good episodes because they're different to what I think are good episodes. They're still good. They're just people, different people like different things. That's why we have democracy. Reach out to Jane. Let her know you heard her here. If uh, Just tell her, hey. And um, yeah, thanks everyone to help me make the show. Thanks to Bree who uh, produced it. Thanks to uh, Toe Hider who made the music. Andy Ma, the uh, video and audio editing wizard. And of course, Rachel Barrett, the um, CEO and EP of the everything that I do. Uh, in an organizational sense, at least. So what would she be? She'd be the chief technical officer. I don't even know what to see. She's C-suite, all right? Back off. 
She's got her own bathroom. She works from home. She's got her own bathroom. Uh, I'll see you on Friday. Thanks for listening. Until then, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.